So, I don't know if I'm going to release this, because it's, um, it's very much not my, uh, usual kind of episode. Usually I try and cover things that are more based on, like, the mind. I guess this is somewhat based on it to a certain extent, but, um, we'll see how it goes. Because it's way more controversial, I suppose, than... My other kind of videos, my other episodes that I typically do, and they can get pretty controversial as well, but we're talking about typical things that exist. But today, I think we're going to talk more about something that I think needs to be talked about more and why I think this is happening um, and what's causing it. And some other things related to this, because I thought a lot of people are confused by this, and a lot of people are don't understand what's really happening here. And a lot of people want to blame a specific gender for this, and and want to say that it's this gender that's the problem. And it it's really more complicated than this because the the uh, situation involved. So what I want to talk about today. And I might not release this episode because it is very, um, it's very dark. And even though I talk about how, you know, the darkness is where all the truth is, typically speaking, I try not to go into too much darkness. Now, there's episodes that I wanted to, that I'm, I thought about making but never did because they were just too you know, dark for most people, most people wouldn't be able to handle it, but I might start doing more of that, because we'll see how this goes first. So today, I wanted to talk about the dark side of sex, what I think, what I think is causing it, I think there's multiple things causing it, but what I think is causing it, what, what does this mean, you know, this kind of thing, um, because I think, I think this subject is not, It's not talked about in the right kind of like, uh, with the right kind of awareness. Um, so, anymore you you notice more and more and more as time goes by. More deviancy. Uh, you hear more and more and more lately within the past you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years or whatever. About these deviant types of sexual behaviors, you know, pedophilia, there's, there's a deviant sexual behavior involving rape and, and touching and all kinds of things like this, and it's really, it's really disturbing, but it's, but it also, like, explains a lot of the shadows in a lot of ways, in my opinion, um, it's actually one of the big problems we're we're dealing with in society. I think this is probably the biggest, one of the biggest problems that we face. To, to be honest, and I'm not saying that we should like. Well, I'll get into that part in a minute. But when uh, I guess to start this, anything that I'm talking about when when I get to the end, especially, I'm not talking about completely embracing sex and and just letting everything go. I mean, if that works for you, that's fine. It's more about embrace. It's more about facing what is, 
facing these shadow aspects. Because if you can't face them, if you, if you compartmentalize them, they come up anyways. But they come up in unhealthy ways and, and whatnot. Get into that in the end part of this episode. So, we're going to talk about the dark side of sex. What is causing this? What is causing the dark side of sex? So, the 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 dark side of sex. What what what's causing this? To start off, is the shadow. There's a, there's a lot of shadow that's involved. There's a lot of shadow uh, sides of yourself, of a lot of people especially that are that is involved with. Uh, Sex. A lot of it. Maybe even most of your shadow is involved in sex. Depends on how uh, moralizing your parents were about sex or how moralizing you have become about sex. This kind of thing. I'm not saying that sex should be like completely embraced. I think there should be a middle-of-the-road approach, but that's another subject. Um, but there's a very serious... Uh, dark side to sex because we as a society don't face it don't look at it really like if we do it's it's very over, it's too overt it's it's not balanced with the understanding of the dark side of it it's it's mostly like in like a light side kind of way and it's just the problem with, with a lot of our society it's it's based on like trying to see the light side of things, not the dark side of things, and that's causing us a lot of imbalance and causing us a lot of shadows. Of course, it could be the other way around, but that's usually pretty rare. Like, usually what happens is that people get stuck on this, the light side of things. Like, oh, I'm just happy, I'm positive, but not the dark stuff. Like, oh, I'm negative, I'm angry, I'm judgmental, uh, I have uh, deviant sexual behaviors, whatever it is. And so as a result, that's what the shadow is. And a lot of the shadow has to do with sex. For various reasons. Because of... I think there are a couple of reasons. And I'm not exactly sure, you know, how to avoid this. You know, but I think the... uh, Goal is to face it once you've realized what's happening in yourself. So, there was an interesting video that I watched the other day. It was um, interesting because of the uh, the implications that that brought that brought to my that was brought to my attention because of this video. The video was about somebody who was detransitioning, detransitioning from from trans to uh, normal, from from male back to female. You know, t- not taking hormones and stuff anymore, uh, testosterone and and whatnot. And so, what was really interesting about this episode or this video, and if I remember, I'll share it because it's very interesting, and I think it has a little bit to do with this to a certain extent. Not completely necessarily, but a little bit. 
I think there's a lot more going on, which I'll get into in a minute. But um, one of the things that was that that this uh, person talked about in this in this video was how the hormones, the testosterone, made her feel. You know, it was very interesting how you wouldn't you wouldn't think so, and and you know, like a lot of the uh, mainstream left wouldn't necessarily tell you this, but these chemicals, testosterone, especially if you take it in high enough doses, really changes your very uh, personality even, like your very uh, attitude and uh, a judge, a, adjustment, not adjustment, sorry, attitude and uh, behavior towards sex and whatnot. It was really interesting. And the first thing I realized when I was listening to this description of, of the side effects of taking this hormone, especially to the degree that she was doing, um, it made, made me think of, like, what are these differences between uh, men and women when it comes to sex? And when, when it comes to uh, thinking about it, you know, in this kind of way, it's like, in some ways, you know, the, these differences, especially if they're very, very strong and you have way too much testosterone or whatever, uh, you can have a lot of these problems that she was kind of experiencing. And so basically these symptoms were just a really strong desire for sex was more visual and, and whatnot than it was before, things like this. So it's very interesting how this works. Because you know, this is why this is what I'm talking about. You know, I don't I'm not one of these people who's like, oh, you shouldn't be a transgender. I'm you should be min misgendered for being, you know, whatever sex you want to be. I don't think it's about that. Like it's like I said, this is the problem with just looking at things from the particulars. Like, oh you you're a trans person, that means you're the opposite from, of what you're saying that you are, you know. It's like, that's not important even. I don't think that's important. That's that's not helpful and it's not even important to be honest with you because the bigger problem with trans is that, um, well, it's not really a problem with trans. It's, it's the problem with this, 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 this non-discussion. It's not willing to entertain or even talk about this discussion between uh, these two sexes and how these chemicals can affect people. They can make them sterilize them and, and, and literally change their brain chemistry and literally change their personality and behavior. Uh, make them more irritable is one of the symptoms she was describing. It's very interesting. You know, like... You you wouldn't think that a small little chemical like that would do that. Nobody tells you this. And this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about right here. When it comes to like all these darker truths that people will not face. Those are the things that will... Will uh, disempower you. I want to go deeper into that in another episode because honestly, this is not talked about enough, and I want to kind of go deep into this. But um, it made me realize 
that this is one of the reasons for why men are the majority of sex offenders of of uh, people who do these pro- have these problems of deviancy. It's not because men are bad and wrong. It's because, well, I think there are multiple reasons, but one of them could be a strong amount of testosterone, too much, perhaps. Another reason could be there's a lot of shadow aspects involved with sex um, for various reasons. And there's a lot of unhealthy uh, infatuation with certain things. That perhaps wouldn't be a good thing to be infatuated with. And this kind of thing. And so, you get this problem. Where nobody is willing to, or very few people at least, are willing to really go into these discussions. And because of that, we never learn, we never understand what's really happening here. What is really happening here is... Um, now there's a book that I read it wasn't talking about this completely but there was a part of it that kind of went into this to a certain extent basically talking about how in the beginning even even like 50-60 years ago according to this book I don't know how true this is but you know people were you know, around each other more, like they slept with each other in a non-sexual way, like that. They, they had these crowded rooms with, you know, cots or beds or whatever, and, and everybody would be in these rooms, and so everybody was familiar with these things and, you know, could see it happening more and whatnot. But now we have it all hidden. <clears throat> Everything's hidden. Um, you know, we don't want to hit high. We don't want to. Uh, be seen as certain things now and so we've created these masks and it's much easier to do that now especially with social media so you create these masks for profession saying oh perfection saying oh look at me in these photos you know look at me in this spa you know look at me with my my husband you know little do they know little do the people who know uh little do the people who Look at these photos, realize that these people aren't actually living perfect lives. You know, their husband is uh, cheating on them. You know, they're they're actually uh, spending more than they, than they can earn, this kind of thing. And so their their lives are based on masks. And that's what our society is based on, of. It's based off of masks, in a lot of ways. It's not based off of, like, real deep shit like this. Like, this is... I mean, it's starting to become more common, you know, because of, you know, more like Joe Rogany type figures, but it's still very unusual, and it's honestly like, I think that's one of the big problems and reasons why you see so many people triggered. It's not because they're wrong or right. It has nothing to do with wrong or right, in my opinion. It has more to do with how... We as a society have become so uh, sensitized to all these things because we're not exposed to them that when something small happens that's not even close to this, how bad this is, 
We go, how dare you? You're wrong. You're bad. And you, we start arguing with people and we start shouting or whatever. Because we're too damn sensitive because we haven't been dis- exposed to these darker aspects within ourselves and others in the world. Or if we have it, it's in a very like non-constructive and non-structural kind of way. Like I try and do here. It's, it's you know, there's there's do, there's two basic ways of uh, looking at the darkness. It's in a constructive or non-constructive way. A non-constructive way is going, oh no, my life is over, you know. Going after it with, within your own story. That can be helpful to do that sometimes if you uh, look at yourself doing this and see what that's doing to your mind and body. But the the easiest the, the easiest way that the way that I do it usually is more constructive where it's like what is causing this dar- darkness? Why? How can I learn from this darkness? It's not about like adding emotion to it and adding a story to it because it doesn't really help you in that situation especially. Um you know, there are times when the story can work, but that's not really one of those times, especially that in that situation. Anyways. And so sex is in this kind of case because it is so uh it's either t- too demonized or it's it's uh only one face of it is kind of seen. That you get a very imbalanced look at what's really happening with sex. Because there's a lot of dark and darkened aspects to it. Because it has a very much a lot to do with society and evolution and survival. And the different stages of spiral dynamics can be uh, seen in a lot of ways through understandings of sex in this way. To a certain extent. Not completely necessarily, but to a certain extent, right? Um, you know, what we're seeing more of now from the left is kind of more of a stage green understanding of sex where it's like, oh, open, openness and understanding that everybody has different gender and different sex, sexual, sexual orientation. You know, some people are gay and bi and demisexual and all this other stuff that they're now talking about. It's seen as like a very positive thing. Uh, stage orange, it's more of a selfish thing. Like, you know, like a lot of pickup artists are like, how do you get more girls and how do you get more men or whatever? Whatever it is that you're into. And, you know, what does that look like? It becomes like a manipulative science or art of some kind. Uh, not, not all pickup artists, not all people who believe in pickup artists are necessarily orange, but a lot of them probably are. Um, there's also an attempt to, uh, you know, you know, get some for yourself it's versus like more of it, like a, I could see more of it like a stage green understanding being like, you know, helping yourself, but also helping others in that kind of sexual way as well, as you put it, you know, versus orange, where it's like, you're probably going to be more concerned about yours, and not that the other person's, but unless it serves you in some way to uh, 
do that, you know, for whatever reason. You know, Blue, in some ways, sees, sees sex as more of a, an act of procreation, and that if you go too deep into it, it causes you a lot of problems. And it's actually true. There's a lot of there's a lot of problems with sex, and there's a lot of uh, distortions in its construction, and the way that it's set up because it, because of the imbalances of the other stage, especially stage red. Um, you know, purple, I don't really know as much about how that might show itself. There might be certain interesting, like obscure rules and laws about it, like that you shouldn't have sex on a Saturday or something, but you know, Blue sees it in its almost, I would almost say Blue sees it in its proper context. I'm not saying that sex is bad, but I think that it often can get get ignored the fact that sex is actually to be honest with you, it's, it's not like this, this uh thing people think it is where it's like oh if I find this person we can have sex and it's going to be great and it's going to be all positive it's like it's not it's not going to be it might it might be and it's definitely a possibility but there's a lot there's a lot of uh, distortions involved with sex a lot of the uh, biggest distortions and corruptions come from sex from what I've noticed um, for various reasons most of it has to do with stage red imbalances where you can be uh, in a certain stage. You can even be stage green. But a lot of this can come from stage blue as well. Because stage blue tries to uh, deny the aspect of sex and, and repress it. Which actually makes that problem worse. Because it's not balanced properly with you know, stage blue. Like if it were seen in within certain elements of stage blue... That sex is, yes, stage blue is right to a certain extent about sex. But the problem isn't to get rid of it and try and deny it, but to actually balance it out within yourself so that you're not just going about it unhealthily. Like you can see, like a lot of these Catholic priests that you always hear about nowadays, the problem the problem that they're dealing with is that they're, because they were never taught and they never taught themselves how to balance these aspects of sex, they get a very stage red aspect of sex, and they get it's very like unhealthy. It's almost like very almost like almost like a fat infatuation with younger uh, boys or whatever. It's a stereotype, at least. Doesn't doesn't mean that's always true for every single priest, but you know it does seem to be a a thing that happens. I wouldn't say it's common necessarily, even, but it happens enough to, to where it's a concern. So Sage Blue sees it in a, lot of ways, in a lot of ways in its proper context as a very serious thing, a very a thing that should be taken very seriously. I think that is uh, uh, wrong, bad. I wouldn't say it's wrong or bad. I would say that it is... Uh, there, that there could definitely be aspects of it that are very imbalanced, unhealthy, and, and even negative. Uh, because there's a lot of stage red aspects of sex involved that are causing problems. So the stage red version is way more overt about getting yours. Uh, 
stage red sex could be things like rape. Pedophilia could be can more stage red or orange. Orange. The stage red version would be more violent sometimes as well. Oftentimes even the stage red versions are more uh there's more of a domineering aspect to when it comes to sex, when it comes in your stage red uh, stages. Where it's not, you know, like in stage orange, it's, it, it might be about getting yours. Like, oh, I'm, I'm going to get mine, like in sex. It, but it's not like a strong domineering form of it as much, necessarily. Um, there might be some of it. Because there can definitely be unhealthy aspects of stage red within this stage orange-minded form of sex. But stage, stage orange in itself isn't this way necessarily. There are there might be some elements of it, but it's more commercialized in a sense. It's not as uh, violent and strong-minded as like stage red would be. Hey. Um, so stage red sex is the, is where a lot of this problem comes in. And uh, stage purple could be some, some more rules and, and whatnot. There might be a, uh, a lot of problems there as well, to a certain extent. So what are the problems with sex? Why is sex problem, why is it seen, why is it uh, negative in this way, what causes this, right, so the first big problem, I think, is that the, the act itself is very much connected into your sense of self, Usually, I've noticed that when when people talk about, like, when they have gone through it, it changes themselves. Almost, like, really interesting how people, like, when they have sex, it becomes very addictive. Like, you you know, if you've never had sex and you have sex, it's oftentimes, I've seen a lot of people, especially more stage-minded people become very addicted to it and, and it becomes a codependency and it becomes a problem and it becomes a, a, a shadow because you're you're imbalanced with it in a lot of ways um, and a lot of the deviancies have more to do with what happens when you have uh, bad experiences with it Maybe some kind of abuse. Maybe some kind of... Uh, you know, it might not be abuse. Sometimes it's it's as simple as... Uh, waking up one day... With a thought. A very... Random thought. That means very little to you. But you... Notice that thought and go... Oh my god, that's so messed up. That's so horrible. Or whatever it was. Um... And so you you try and get rid of that thought, and what you resist persists. And so you created a shadow. And so that shadow, over time, might get stronger and stronger. And you start resisting it more and more and more, but it doesn't really work that way. It doesn't really help you 
it makes it worse. It becomes, instead of that thought disappearing into nothingness from which it came, if you uh, just ignored it or realized what it really was, just a random thought, didn't really mean anything, it becomes an obsession. It becomes an infatuation with a darker aspect of sex, like rape or torture. Torture can sometimes be connected to sex. You know, um, murder, murder is kind of sometimes a sexual consideration. There's these things called sexual sadists, and sometimes they murder and whatnot. Pedophilia, there's all kinds of these dark aspects of sex, and it's because we're dealing with a situation where uh, there's so much. there's so much emotion tied in with sex that you can become very uh, imbalanced. Like, it's one thing to become emotional and judgmental over, like, something somebody did. Like, oh, this person didn't do the dishes when I wanted him to or whatever, right? But that fade, fades quick. That goes away quick. But with sex, because it is typically very much connected to your survival it becomes much stronger than ordinarily would and so because of this your mind goes oh my god this is so horrible why am I thinking such horrible thoughts or or what not and you then because of this you you suppress those thoughts or you, you know, whatever it is. Or somebody tells you those thoughts are bad and you should be horrible for thinking those thoughts or whatever. And I'm not saying that these thoughts are not bad. The problem isn't that they're bad or good. The problem is that they're imbalanced and they're not. They're, and they're, they're, shadow, they're a shadow within yourself. And so you do, if you do have some of these darker lusts within yourself, you know, the problem is, isn't to indulge in them because that's actually going to make them worse make them stronger um, but to uh, sort of mentally go through the process of dealing with these these uh, impulses because and I know most people do not, might not want to hear this but we're animals we're nothing but animals if you think about it um, and animals do what they can to survive. And that includes things about sex. You know, sex is not a... You know, people talk about sex as if it's some great, wonderful thing. Like, oh, you should have sex. and You know, it's going to change your life. And it's like... Yeah, but... Like, everything that you... Uh, think about sex... You don't really think about the darker aspects. You don't really think about, like, how... What, what causes a, 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 somebody to become a, a rapist or a pedophile? Like, what, what causes rape? You know, people want to talk about this thing called rape culture, but I don't think it's as simple as this. Because, you know, the thing, the thing about right, um, sexual uh, darkness of this kind is that nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about what causes it, why it happens. And so nobody fixes it. Nobody can fix it because they don't know what's causing it. You know, it's like if you were to realize one day that your door wasn't working. But instead of talking about it with somebody, 
you know, somebody who know who can work with wood or metal or whatever, or works with doors, you just keep letting that problem persist until one day the door breaks or the hinges you know, become so squeaky and so many problem so problematic that it, it's just easier to get rid of those hinges and make new ones and whatnot. Uh. And so it's kind of the same thing. I'm not saying that you should talk with somebody about your problems. Maybe that's your solution if you're really dealing with darker sexual appetites, but that's, you know, up to you. I'm not going to be like, oh, you should go to therapy, because honestly, I don't really know if a therapist can deal with some of these darker aspects, to be honest, because they're so uh, dark in, in a lot of ways, and in, in, in a lot of cases, that, like, a lot of people are going to be having, having judgments against you for these things, and so it's going to be very easy to uh, see that and go, oh my god, I was right about this all along, and then that makes it worse. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, I don't know if a therapist would fall into that, but it might happen. You can never tell with these things sometimes. You know, you don't you don't really know what sets people off. It just happens. Um, I mean, you know why, because I've told you before, but just because you know that doesn't mean that you know exactly when that person's going to go off or be judge you for whatever reason. But... So, the, the testosterone discussion is interesting as well. And this is what I'm talking about. Nobody talks about this shit. Nobody talks to you about how a chemical... Like testosterone literally changes your brain, changes your behavior, changes your physical... Structure even sometimes. Um, But mostly your behavior. Uh, And so. When we're talking about abuse. When we're talking about all these darker aspects to sex. A lot of it has to do. With. uh, Testosterone. In a lot of cases I think. Not not necessarily completely. I wouldn't say like a hundred percent of it is caused by testosterone, but it is. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? It is uh, strengthened or made stronger because of testosterone, especially strong levels of it. And if you don't know how to deal with that emotion, it 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 becomes. Harder and harder to deal with it. You, you'll probably start resisting, and then it persists, and it gets stronger. Um, it becomes more of a uh, a force, a physical force, a physical like emotion uh, inside of you, because that t- testosterone is making it stronger for very various reasons, and so you're. The dark, the darkest people, because of that, are usually going to be more male, because of the testosterone that's involved. You know, the, more, the more testosterone the person has, the more they they have they think about sex, they have the sexual desires. It's it's a very physical change. 
within oneself. And if I remember, I'm going to post this video because it's very interesting. I think it adds a lot of uh, intricacies and in, in points of view to this conversation that need to be talked about. Like, people don't really talk about this. Nobody talks about how the problem, the reason why a lot of these darker aspects of sex happens or is so strong in certain people is because of testosterone. Uh, you know, they talk, sometimes I hear about this thing in, in law enforcement that people do is called chemical castration, but you don't really understand why that is. Now I understand more of why that is. And so, getting into the shadow here, maybe it is more about like an embracing of this darkness in such a way that it becomes not about like, oh my god, this is wrong for me to uh, have this desire. It could be about that as well, but it's also about like, oh, this feels right. It becomes an obsession. It becomes a way of life. Because like I said... And this is where, where where I differ from a lot of these like stage green and even stage orange people when it comes to sex because it's not just to, about having a good feeling. It's about survival. This whole thing is connected to survival. Physical survival of your your genetic system. And that all that always has played a role in animals and people's survival, and and make no mistake about this, we are nothing but animals. A lot of people are like, no, we're not animals. You know, we're out. We are. We're animals. Maybe we're more involved, evolved in some ways, but we're animals. Um. And so, because of this. We're going to have more of the of these problems when it comes to sex. So I'm going to talk more about this in the next segment, I think. But I want to kind of like pause this and, and kind of think over this for a little bit and then kind of go back into it. So I think this is actually a good time to talk about why I think that religion actually does have get some things right about some of these things because I think this is something that that kind of gets like missed and ignored because like once you get kind of escape from stage blue religion you're like oh religion is stupid but the problem is that religion is actually right about some of these things the problem is I think isn't that the religion is wrong about these things like sex it's like that they go too far and they they uh They de they de they make it descriptive instead of prescriptive. Like the idea that sex is a sin, like uh, lust and and whatnot, is a uh, one of the seven deadly sins. And the idea of de- even the idea of sins, like they take it too uh, too literally and too uh, and not. You know, there's a this phrase uh, that I really like that I think describes the situation. A lot of these situations very well the phrases. This is a uh, prescriptive and not descriptive. Um, 
something along these lines. Basically, what it means is that, you know, when when I'm talking about, and this is all something that you should remember when you're talking about anything, that what when I'm, when I'm talking about many, many things, most things, I'm not trying to describe or set down a, a bunch of laws or some and understandings that are absolute. Like, if I say that. Like this subject, for instance. If I say that sex is a darker thing, that doesn't mean that that's always true. It doesn't mean that sex is only darkness. It means that there are certain aspects of sex that are darkness. Now, this is what I mean. Like when, when you take things too literally and you just focus on these like minute uh, details and examples, like you get lost in the details. So this is what church gets wrong and misses on and misunderstands, but the but the overall understandings are actually correct, honestly. And this is the problem that people have, and this is the problem that churches have. Um, and I want to go into I think one of one of these days, why I think church is right about a lot of these things. I think they misunderstand it and the, and and the and the way to deal with these problems, but. Overall, they are correct in a lot of ways. And this is something that I think society is missing, especially when you get to more stage orange and stage green understandings. Uh, and so because of that, sex becomes embraced rather than seen as the problem that it can become. Because it is. It's a, it's a, it's a problem sometimes. It can very, very much become a sin in this kind of way. Now, when I use the word sin, I don't, I don't mean it in, in like a judgmental way. Like, oh, you're bad. The word sin is more of a uh, prescriptive rather than descriptive. It's not meant to be taken literally. Like, oh, you're an evil person. Like, this, the word sin is misunderstood. Um, I want to go into what I really think this word is supposed to mean. But basically, it's about a misperception. It's a misguided thing like when people when when this word has been used the the actually there's a uh, a saying an understanding that says that the word sin basically is a uh, translated in certain people say it's translated to missing the mark from like greek or something i don't know how true this is but it's basically similar to this like the word sin is is uh the core concept has some valuable truths, but because it is taken too goddamn literally and they focus on these particulars, you get lost in the content and then you don't see the value and the point and the truthfulness of these words. Uh, you know, God is the same way. You know, God is a force or a the highest self, the highest force of oneself or, or whatever you want to call it. Um, that exists, but when you get too stuck in these literal literalisms and these, uh, I guess this is the right word, literalism. I just made that up, I think. But when you get too stuck in stuck in these literalisms and the particulars, you get you could you you don't you misunderstand what's really being trying to what's really being communicated here. This is why I really try and be specific as possible when I do these episodes because otherwise. It's very easy to mistranslate what I say and make it sound as if I'm saying that, that like, this activity is bad. Um, 
wholeheartedly, like, you know, you could do this with me right, right now when I'm talking about sex. Sex is bad. You know? But that's not necessarily what I'm talking about. There are... What I'm pointing you to are the problems with sex. You know, the problem, the dark side of sex, really. And this is what people misunderstand about this, these words. Like sin, <clears throat> it's basically been so goddamn diluted. And I don't mean diluted as in delusion, but diluted as in like diluted as in water. Like you, you, uh, Have a, have a dye, have a dye, you know, or have like some kind of chemical and you put it in the water, it dilutes the chemical. That's what it means. It's so di- diluted of the uh, original truth and understanding that comes from with these <clears throat> understandings of the word sin and, and God and uh, all this shit. And even like love to a certain extent uh, that you miss the mark. You you don't ironically it's a sin in itself. Uh, because then you misunderstand what's really being said here. You misunderstand the real communication that's being delivered because you're taking the, the you're listening to the words, um, and not listening to the experience of the words like the the. That, that, and that's part of the problem. Um, <clears throat> actually, conversations with God kind of talks about this a little bit. Where what most people do is they listen to the words of their Bibles, of their churches, and instead of listening to the, uh, and trying to understand the underlining, underlying meaning of the words, you know, they, they, they don't listen to the experience, um, that's underpinning these words, and that's where the problems run in, and that's where you run into problems, and that's where you run into all kinds of literalisms and literal interpretations and, and whatnot. And that's where you get into dogmas. That's what we're dealing with right now with politics. It's, it's ridiculous. It's fucking stupid. But anyways. <laughs> so, um, when we're talking here about these dark sides of sex, it's not me trying to demonize sex. It's not me trying to say that you shouldn't have sex or that you shouldn't want sex. To be honest with you, if I, if I hadn't told you that, it'd be wrong anyways. Because me telling you that would, would make it even a deeper shadow within yourself. And it would make you want it more. It would be like a reverse psychology. Where, like, you ever did this? You ever seen this with reverse psychology where people say something like, don't do this. You ever had this when you are a teenager? When you, this probably happens more to your parents say, don't go out with this boy or don't, you know, whatever it is, and you do it anyways because you you rebel or whatever. It's kind of similar to this. Like if you say, oh, I don't want this thing. This this thing is here. I don't want it. Even though you you secret, secretly want it, this thing. The want, the desire, the uh, obsession, it becomes an obsession. It gets stronger. Um It's sad. It's really sad to me how all this information has been communicated to us 
But because so many people take it so goddamn literally, they actually miss the mark and, and, and don't understand the true communication that's being that was delivered by using these words about sin and the sex and how sex is how sex is wrong and how it causes problems. And it's sad. It's real sad because because now because you, you have that, nobody really understands the meaning behind these words, the true underlying truth or wisdom underpinning these words, these understandings. And because of that, we now have the situation where we have now where these church people, these priests and whatnot, they suppress their their sexual desire to certain extents, to such an extent that, you know, they do it in secret and it, it makes it worse. It makes it more unhealthy than it would normally be because they're not dealing with it properly. They're not understanding what's really happening. You know, I'm the, I'm the person here who, like, I don't care what it is. I want to understand what's happening with something. You know, pedophilia. What what causes pedophilia? What causes rape? Like, and I'm not talking about, like, oh, rape culture is the cause of rape. Like, I'm talking, like, specifics. Like, oh, cause of rape is, like, it, some people say it's about power, right? Some people say it's about infatuation with somebody or whatever. But I think it's, I think it's probably a bunch of things. Um... And it depends on the situation, depends on the context of the rape and things like this. But, you know, this is where I differ from most people. Because I've understood over years of doing this, of of trying to understand things, that understanding of something creates an awareness of it, creates a, a eventual compassion and love of it. Because you, you, because you understand this thing so deeply... And the underlying meaning behind the understanding that you can start to see why violence happens, why rape happens, why murder happens, why all of these things that people say are corrupt happens. I want to go. I want to make an episode about corruption eventually, going really deep into corruption because it's something that people need to understand. Because this, these terms, these terms were never meant to be taken literally. When it comes to anything anybody says, never take the shit literally. This is the problem that we're facing right now. Everybody takes everything literally. You know, maybe I should make a separate episode on this because nobody seems to be understanding this shit at all. Like nobody, well it's not nobody, but most people don't understand the shit. And those who do understand it, it's so uncommon. It's like, finally... Um, and it's not that the, these words aren't important, but the the words are just a guidepost. There's a there's a a saying from Buddhism that says that, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, but basically my words are just fingers pointing to the moon. You can talk about the moon. You can explain what the moon is. You can explain the elements that make up the moon. But you you can't by by doing that exp- you. You can't, by doing that, create the moon. The moon exists. You have to look at the moon to understand it. Um, but everybody looks to these fucking words. And, and goes, oh, that's what the words say. That's, that's must, that must be the truth. And it's like... And 
I don't, it's not that I blame them because I've done this and I'm still working on this stupid shit because it's kind of like ingrained in all of us for various reasons, which I might get into in other episodes. But <clears throat> because we uh, do this, we don't understand shit. I'm not joking. We, we have no idea what's really happening here. Um, because we're, we're looking at these fucking words. It's, it's, it's pathetic. It's, it's sad. It's not pathetic. It's sad. It's, it's sad because, because we only look at these words and, and, and ignore the experience that the words show us and explain to us. And then we can look deeper into the experience. We ignore like 90% of what's really being said here. I want you to understand this. And this is a very off-topic, but it's actually not in a lot of ways, and I want to go into this a little bit in a minute. But when it comes to anything anybody says, including myself, and I am probably the most specific person that I know, you know, actualize that works pretty good as well, but uh, you can get too deep into the examples and not deep into the structure enough, in my opinion. But even with myself... The language is only 10 to 15% of what's really being communicated here. The rest is the experience, the underlying understanding. But because you take the words so literally, you can't understand what's what's actually being communicated. You have to look deeper than just the words. And and this is just me, by the way. Like, for other people, it's probably less than this. Because most people aren't specific enough. So for most people, it's probably going to be like 0.5% of what they're saying is actually what, what they're actually saying. I'm not talking about body language. I'm not talking about... Uh, their emotional state that's part of it but it's but it's much more subtle than this you have to look deeper go beyond the the obvious uh, I'm going to go deeper into do, how to do this because it's something that I'm trying to make more explicit but you can't make everything explicit some of this shit is going to have to be implicit and implicitly understood to a certain extent but this is why you can't take everything literally. Because if you do this, you can't understand the implicit. Or if you do, if you, and so if you do have some kind of implicit belief or bias or understanding, you can't see it because you take all of the shit too literally. And you get stuck in it. And this is what happens with, uh, you know, sex. You know, all these, all these people will say that sex is wrong and dirty and bad. They get so stuck in that because they take all of these verses so literally that they can't understand people. You know, this is what happens when you take things so literally you can't understand anything. It's actually the opposite of what you're supposed to be doing. When you're, If you want to understand something deeply, you can't take it literally. You have to go deeper than just like listening to the words and, and taking those words... To, at their literal face value. There's more going on there. 
because there's no way I'm going to be able to tell you all of this shit. Like, I would, I would love to tell you everything here that, I, that I'm trying to communicate, but it's, it's just not possible. It's never going to be possible. <laughs> Unless one day we, we develop until, everybody develops telepathy until then. It's not possible. But when everybody finally starts communicating with telepathy, telepathy none of this shit's going to be necessary. <laughs> um, because all these shadows are going to be showing up and they're going to be like, Oh my God, what's happening? My life is full of these shadows again. I was trying to get rid of them. Actually, that's one of the reasons why telepathy is so hard for people and, and why you probably aren't accessing it. Um, it's kind of a random topic. But uh, the reason why you're... you're 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 not accessing tele, tele telepathy and you're not noticing it in your life. It's because you're you're blocked. You're not accessing truth daily. You're not accessing accessing your own suggestive subjective truth. Uh, and you're not being honest with yourself. There's a bunch of shadows here. You're compartmentalizing. And so if you can't be honest with yourself, how can you then communicate with another? Because communicating in this way, in a telepathic way, is almost, uh, it's an opening up. It's not just like mental, like you can do that to a certain extent where you can just use words, but it's not quite the same thing. Like there's a certain level where it goes beyond words, where it's, based on, like, uh, emotions and knowing in this more implicit, uh, behind-the-meaning kind of way. But that takes a lot of openness. It takes you being completely open. Well, maybe not completely open, but mostly open, like, to such, such an extent where most people cannot do it right now. And so that's why you cannot communicate telepathically. That's why you have no ability to do this. Because you're not open with yourself. If you can't be open with yourself, honest with yourself, you can't be open, honest with another. But that's 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 one of the problems with sex. Is that it's actually funny? There was a. I think it was a comedian. It was a, I think it was a Tom Segura. Tom Segura. I can't pronounce his name, but he did this uh, bit one time where he was talking about how, like, when you're, and I'm probably messing it up a little bit. But basically, when you're when you're dating, you have to be, you have, you have to kind of put on a mask when it comes to sex. Like, oh, you know, don't do this. That's you know because you have to be sensitive to each other because. You know, you might break up. You might you know lose that person easier than you would if you get get married, right? But then as you get married, you can basically do anything with each other because it's like you're already married. You already went through a lot of this stuff. You can still get divorced, I guess, but it's not going to be as strong a thing. But of course, the problem is too. A lot of people aren't open with their marriages as well, and I don't mean open as in like uh, polyamory. I'm talking about like open with themselves. Um, 
Although, honestly, if you want to be honest with you, I think the, the uh, understanding of polyamory is a bit misunderstood, too. Because I don't think it's meant... I don't think it was ever really, like... I don't know. It's hard to explain, but, like... I don't want to go too deep into that, actually. Because I want to go into... How how this closedness can create a lot of these shadows in sex, right? So... You have these embarrassing desires in yourself that you cannot express sexually because you're afraid of like freaking this person out like oh my god you have this kind of fetish you know that kind of thing and so you hide yourself off you uh, keep yourself from noticing it even in yourself sometimes even because if you notice in yourself that person might notice it and that's that's too much openness uh and I'm not saying that your desires are good or anything. I don't really know. I'm not going to say that. Because they might be harmful for you. I don't know. I'm not going to say one way or another. Because I have no idea. I don't know you. I don't know anybody here. Really. Um, there's a couple of people in my close circle that listen to my episodes. But other than that, I don't really know anybody here. I try not to... Uh, personalize and say oh your desires are good you just fulfill them or whatever you know it's it's hard to know i mean it's something you can probably do with yourself to get yourself to understand yourself and your desires like using uh masturbation or whatever but i i wouldn't necessarily say to fulfill them and with another person necessarily, I don't know. It depends on you and it depends on what you want to do with those with those kinds of uh, desires. Um, but that's not even point the point. I think the point really is to become honest with yourself, become more aware of these shadow aspects within yourself. Now, if you want to explain them to others later, you can. But that's, I mean, that's almost se- secondary to me, honestly. You know, a lot of people, a lot of um, self-help people and spiritual people say, oh, you must find yourself shadows, be honest with yourself about them, and then express them, show them to others, explain them to others. It's like, I don't really think that matters. And I don't think that's even healthy. Uh, because... I don't know. Like, you know, not everything should be expressed. I mean, it's one thing if you're, like, telepathically open with somebody to such an extreme degree that you both understand each other to, to such an extreme degree that there's, there's no judgment there. Like, literally, there's such an extreme amount of telepathy, telepathy that you can reach with someone. Um, that you understand them completely and they understand you completely, which because of that, there's no, there's no judgments. There's no emotion. There's no judgments. Go, oh, you're bad. You're wrong. No, you understand this person. And they completely understand you and, and to such an extreme degree that like there's no judgment at all. That's radical for people. That's what, that's what extreme understanding does. 
people always talk about, like, if you want to not judge people, try and find compassion. But that's not actually the, the way to not judge. It can help, and it's it's useful to do that sometimes, even because you're not going to be able to get understanding all the time. But the way to judge, to non-judgment is understanding uh, of yourself and others and, and, and all kinds of things like this, honestly. In my experience, I could be wrong. I could be wrong for you. You might find that compassion works better. But uh, in my experience, when it comes to compassion, you might want, you you might uh, have a judgment, for instance, about somebody. Say, oh, now I must feel compassion for this person, you know, for myself and this person. Maybe this person didn't mean it or whatever. But if... But that, but you might end up creating resentment within yourself because you're not doing it out of sense of understanding of this person, but out of a sense of trying to create harmony between you and this other person, if not out, if um, inside of yourself. Uh, that's another episode. <laughs> I'm going random as fuck here. I'm trying not to do that, but it's kind of happening here. It's not an, it's not completely unconnected though, because one thing I want to really go into here is how you know it's not it's not like you know the thing about all this stuff love sex it's it's very much connected to your survival it's it's all physical uh, people people might think that their love especially their romantic love is is a men, is a uh, mental or spiritual thing like oh it's so spiritual. But there's probably a very large aspect of it that's very physical. Um, I don't mean physical as in like sex, but I mean physical as in like body physical, like desire and and all these sexual things. Uh, I guess you know that could be a sign of growth. Like the more spiritual it is, the less you know the more growth there might be in that relationship. But that's. I don't know if that's necessarily going to be true. But, um, Mm -hmm. you know, this is, you know, this is what you get. You have to understand what's really happening. I think the world, like I've said before, all problems stem from a lack of awareness. I've said this multiple times. I made an episode about this. I made an episode called All Problems Stem from Lack of Awareness. Or Caused by a Lack of Awareness. For for those who don't really know what that means. Stem by. Uh, stem from. All problems are caused by a lack of awareness. And this is no exception at all. So what is awareness? Awareness is understanding of something. Awareness is just... You know, people think that awareness is observation. But there's three different kinds of... There's three different uh, layers or levels to awareness. There is the uh, the flashlight, um, which is kind of like what you could call attention or focus, where you would pay attention to, like, uh, what I'm saying right now, which is basically one thing. You might be paying attention to your body sensation or something as well. The second level is the floodlight, where you're not paying attention to anything in particular, but you're just noticing 
a lot of what's happening in the room right now. The third aspect is the part that's that's uh, that Buddhism doesn't really talk about. It's called the uh, I forget what she called it. It was in the the book Peak Minds, where I'm kind of getting this from. But basically, you could call it like the director or the CEO, and it's basically the things that direct uh, the attention or the floodlight. And it's the thing that helps you to uh, stay focused on these things. Uh, and it's it's more mental than it is based on like awareness. But that's what you need. You need that mental. You need that understanding of whatever it is to help you to deal with it. Like if you, um, if you're trying to do your taxes by yourself, but you don't understand anything about taxes, how to do them, you know what forms to fill out, how to fill them out, you're probably not going to do them very well, and so you're going to need some help from somebody, right? But if you Look it up, try and figure out how to do it, and then because of that, you now understand taxes, how they work. You can now do your taxes. It's easier now. That kind of thing. That's what it's all about. That's what judgment, that's what non-judgment is about. Uh, Have you ever had a judgment about somebody? And this is very off topic from the topic at hand. But but it isn't not not completely because it's very related to these darker aspects as well. But if you ever had a judgment about somebody like oh this person, you know, didn't clean his room or whatever, right? But then you uh, talk to him later and you realize that he maybe he forgot or maybe he uh, had too much homework that he didn't realize he had to do it all. That he had so much homework he didn't realize how much time it would take him to do it, and things like this. There's all kinds of reasons, and then you came to under, you came to understand what was really happening in your judge, which is kind of like disappeared, like that, you know, disappeared, gone. That's what it's about. That's that's the purpose of understanding. And until we understand these problems, violence. Sex, war, murder, all these things, if we don't understand them completely, we cannot deal with them. Because we're going to be constantly judging them. Oh, sex is bad, rape is bad, murder is bad. And I'm not saying it's good, I'm not saying it should be happening, but it's not about bad or good. It's about what's causing these things, specifically. Typically, they're caused by an imbalance, an unhealthy attraction or obsession with something or someone. Uh, Like pedophilia is like an unhealthy attraction to a child or maybe not necessarily even a child, but like a 
a certain body type that looks childlike in some way. But then we have all these judgments regarding these problems. And I'm not saying that that pedophilia is good and should be like rewarded or anything. It should be understood so that we can deal with it. And it'd be like, I mean, it's almost like, it'd be like judging your brain for having a disorder, you know, like Alzheimer's. Like, it'd be like if somebody found out that you're developing Alzheimer's or or some kind of dementia and judging your brain for this. Like, oh, you brain, what the hell are you doing? You you asshole. And that doesn't really work. What works, what does work is understanding this thing. Trying to figure out what's causing it and dealing with it. Because all problems stem from a lack of awareness. That's what it's all about. That's what my channel's always been about. Uh, And that even has to do, and that even applies to judgment. Understanding judgment. Understanding non-compassion, understanding hate. If you cannot understand something, you cannot change it. But we as a society, you, uh, we we as a society, society have these like hidden problems, like the dark side of sex. Or the dark side of happiness. Or all these problems. Because we're not trying to understand them. I want you to understand this. If you can't understand something, you cannot change it. It's as simple as that. So if you're dealing with a problem right now, I want you to try and understand it as much as possible. Backwards and forwards. Without, like, you know, getting involved in your story about it. Like, oh, you know... My problem, you know, like my brother is uh, constantly getting on my nerves. He's always talking about football or whatever. What's the actual problem here? Getting specific. The problem is that your emotions are clouding your judgment. You know, how do you deal with this? You have to understand emotions. You have to understand your judgments. I mean, there there are, like, uh, things you can kind of do to cure the symptoms. Like, you can meditate and uh, kind of do letting go techniques to let go of your judgments. That helps to a certain extent. But those are, like, the symptoms. Like, the symptoms are the strong emotions, and the symptoms are the judgments. The cause is your your rule book. Whatever it is. The symptoms uh, of the dark sides of sex are like these infatuations, these lo- these uh, lusts for uh, child porn or whatever it is. The cause is uh, these imbalances. What kind of imbalances? We have to go to specific. We have to figure it out. We don't know. Nobody tells you. Nobody knows. Because, uh, and and I don't know if you notice this. Like I have, but honestly, we, we, 
we kind of go with the policy of um, after the fact syndrome. A crime goes, a crime happens, we deal with it after the fact. We don't try and prevent crime before it happens. We don't try and like figure out what causes that person to commit crimes, you know, murder, violence, rape. Beforehand, when they're younger, we just deal with it after the fact. Or if we do try and do that, it's like in a way now, like we're getting with feminism, we're like, oh, teach your child not to rape. You know, teach your um, boys not to rape. It's like, that's not, <laughs> that's not how you deal with this. It's stupid. But that's what some people say, because they don't understand rape, they don't understand any of this stuff. This is a problem we have in society. Nobody wants to understand it. Oh no, David, I don't want to understand that. That's too too negative. Well, if you if you don't understand it, you can't fix it. All problems stem from a lack of awareness. I want you to remember this because this is important. This is extremely important. Next time you run into a problem, I want you to remember this phrase. All problems stem from a lack of awareness or caused by a lack of awareness. Whichever word you want to use there. That's it. That's what they're caused by. Ultimately, directly or indirectly, now, directly, a good example of directly is like this. We we don't understand. We're not aware of what's causing these problems, and so we can't fix them. Indirectly is like, uh, my couch is broken. How do I fix it? I don't know. I don't, I'm not aware of how to fix a couch. So let's find out. Or we can find somebody who does know, and then we can fix it. Because that guy is aware of how to fix a couch. Whatever it is. So all problems stem from lack of awareness. So, um, I'm trying not to make this too long here, so I'm going to try and wrap this up here, because I didn't go too deeply into this whole physical problem here, because the thing about sex is that it's about survival, physical survival. It's tied up with your survival, survival of the species. And so, you're gonna be, you're gonna, uh, what's the phrase? <laughs> I'm trying to think of the exact phrase. You're gonna be damn sure that this is going to affect you in some very serious ways. Well, and it does. You know, there's actually a, a movement. A lot of the media wants to kind of demonize the movement, but the the movement isn't the problem for the most part. The movement is kind of more of a symptom of a larger problem. Um, the movement can be a problem, don't get me wrong, but the movement itself, the wider movement at least, is not a problem. The movement is called incels. Basically, what these people are are you know people who are um, seen as unworthy by society and unattractive, usually men, 
for various reasons. And <clears throat> this is what I'm talking about. It's all about survival here. It's, it's all about the survival of the, of the species in some way. And so you, you're going... Uh, you better be damn sure that this is going to be affecting you. This is affecting everything. This affects society, how people see each other. This is why men, women put on makeup. They're trying to look better than they really are. You know, it's it's a, it's a fake thing. It's all fake. It's it's a mask. It's a, it, dating is like a mask. Where people put on their little little expressions, their little smiling expressions, and and they do this in business too. It's worse in business actually because it's, at least in dating, you're actually trying to get closer in some way, but in business they really do this. They put on like like this little professional mask. It's just like a bunch of smiling people. It's like fake smiles everywhere. It's like hey, how you doing? It's like dude, nobody acts like that in real life. Like very few people people are like this in real life. Stop doing this. Please, please, for the sake of all that is holy. For the love of all this. <laughs> Anyways. And so because of this problem of sex, or to be more general, this problem of belonging, because it's all about belonging. Sex, love, belonging, community. Uh, because of this, there's all kinds of shadows attached to things that society finds unacceptable that you're going to be looking at and going, oh no, this is unacceptable to society. And so because of that, that now is translated to you and you now realize how unacceptable it is and it creates more of it, creates more of a problem. It creates struggle, it creates suffering, it creates imbalance within yourself because then you don't want to look at this you want to be, you don't want to be honest about it because if you were honest with it yourself maybe somebody else might notice more of it you know maybe if you're honest with your partner about whatever this is they might you know reject you and so this is for damn sure affecting you this is a problem this is causing you problems. This is causing you. This is like all your everything. If it's not about sex, first it starts off with a kind of belonging and community. Like, oh, mommy, 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 mommy. You know, you're, you're trying to create a secure attachment, as they say. You know, there's basically four different types of attachment: secure, um, avoidant. Disorganized and uh, ambivalent, anxious. I think there's two different ambivalents, but. And I want to get into those in another episode. Uh, but, anyways. And so, based on your mother's original response, is how you're going to act throughout your life until, you know, maybe you change. Maybe you realize the problems with it and, and you become more honest with yourself and you create more of a secure attachment with others and, and whatnot. But 
So first it starts off with belonging, community, family, kind of thing. Uh, And then it eventually turns into sex. But because nobody talks about these things with you, really, like, nobody's going to tell you how dark this shit can get, how, how sex in this way is tied into your belonging, your level of community, your belonging in this way, like, and so you become confused about this, you become distorted about it, you become, uh, what's I'm looking for here, I'm looking for specific words here, you become tortured over it like oh no I have this desire this desire is bad it's unacceptable or whatever you know and so you try and repress it you try and get rid of your needs and your emotional desires or you crave more attention it's basically four styles of dealing with it You, you crave more attention so you try and do more things to get it you uh You withdraw, you become distant because that helps you, because that helps you create a, a sort of semi-belonging. Because then you have, you, 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 uh, your parent, your mother or your parents were the same way. They were not as warm. And so they, you realize that becoming too emotional, uh, was not a good thing. And, and so you could, you, to, to create a sense of belonging, uh, because, you know, if they rejected you for whatever reason, in your mind at least, they could have, they could uh, not love you anymore. Maybe they might even uh, get rid of you. Oh, this child is bad. You know, put him in a home somewhere. This kind of thing. It's it's it might be exaggerated, but it's you know there for a very specific reason to help you survive. Um. So you become emotionally distant um, or you become more clingy or you uh, are very confused. You don't really know which one's the right choice. And so you kind of do both, this kind of thing. Or it's like a, you don't necessarily do both. It's it's kind of complicated with disorganized. It's harder to explain because it's there's a lot of like uh, confused problems going on there. But uh, and then there, and there is secure attachment, but I think that's kind of rare, honestly. It seems kind of rare. Because a lot of people aren't open with themselves. Maybe you start that way. Maybe you start in a kind of secure attachment to a certain extent, but then it kind of goes... Especially when you get older and to a certain level where you realize how unacceptable things are. And then you realize you have some of these things. Sexual things, mental things, whatever it is. And so you go, oh no. And that becomes your new uh, insecure attachment. Um, because it helps. You know, all these. Uh, styles have some grains of truth within them but are kind of overly uh, relied upon and taken a little too literally and 
you you listen too much to the particulars of the uh, attachment style. That's where you run into problems. Same thing with sex. Same with the end, anything really. To a certain extent. Uh, give a really dark example. You know, like pedophilia. Like what could be the uh, grain of interesting meaning here. So there might be a weird, confused connection because you realize how important and awesome and uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Amazing and like beautiful child children can be like in, in a kind of like a spiritual, emotional kind of way. Like they're a lot more uh, playful and stuff. And so that can kind of like create a confused mindset of like, oh. And that might like create a weird like association in some way between that and sex for some reason I'm not saying that's how it happens but that could be how it happens there's always some weird there's always some like uh, I wouldn't say weird but there's always some kind of like uh, process behind what's causing these things I was going to say grain of truth but it's more of a uh, an understanding, an underpinning. It can be a grain of truth, but it's not always so so easy to figure out what that grain of truth is. So it's easier to just call it underpinning. Everything has some kind of underpinning within it, or under it. Some every emotion, every thought, to a certain extent. And deconstruction is about finding that underpinning and and seeing it for what it is. That's how you understand it. That's how you understand other people. Basically, be about understanding the implicit thought. Whenever you have a thought or emotion, or whenever you listen to thought somebody like myself, there's the explicit thought that is what I'm speaking here. The explicit words. Explicit doesn't mean like curse words. It's been kind of seen that way, but it's not what it really means. Explicit is just like clear. It's like an overt, like I'm saying a word. Word. That's the explicit. The word word is explicit. But then the implicit is the uh, understanding of the word word. What does the word word mean? Now I'm saying the word word too much. But you get what I'm saying. And so the same thing is true with this podcast. In this episode. There's the explicit uh, words that I'm using. But then there's the implicit like understandings and, and meanings behind these words. And the understandings that they're leading to that really make out what I'm talking about. And that's what I'm talking that's what I mean when I say that don't take this sh- shit too literally. People take this shit way too literally. And they do some people do the same thing with psychedelics. They take what they're experiencing too literally and they're like, "Oh God is in me or whatever." And it's like that 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 might be true. But that's not what that means. It's, it's not meant to be taken literally. It's, it's so it's it's sad. It's sad that people do this themselves. Oh my god. Um. Yeah, this episode is gonna be very long. <laughs> I didn't mean to make it so long. Sorry, but. 
these these topics need to be talked about more anyways. <clears throat> so, I think I'm going to leave these here. Uh, I didn't talk about the damn physical, but I think I talked enough about that. I might go deeper into that in another, into part two or something. We'll see. Uh, I think I talked pretty well about that, though, so... Anyways, this is the specifist, and I hope you enjoyed this one. If you got triggered, please uh, let me know uh, what triggered you about this episode. Or don't let me know. Let yourself know. Become honest with yourself. Become more aware of yourself. Understand yourself in that kind of situation. Figure out why that triggered you. Go beyond the explicit understanding of what triggered you. Like, I'm triggered by the fact that he talks about sex and Go beyond that. Like, what's the implicit meaning behind why, why that is? What is that? What is the implicit understanding behind that? Why, why is that? So, that's how you find truth. That's how you find understanding. That's how you find anything that you really want to know about something or someone. You have to find the implicit in some way. And make that explicit, if not out loud, then in your mind. That's how you specify. That's what it's all about. That's what that's what life is about, in some ways. Life is about finding out what's real, going beyond these explicit, and finding the true implicit, and then because you do that, you understand everything that's happening. So, anyways, going to end this here, and I'll talk to you in the next one.